We're continuing this evening, this meeting, by looking at the fact that the anointing sets or sanctifies the believer. The anointing sanctifies the believer. So the title for this meeting is The Anointing Sanctifies the Believer. And for our text, let's look at 2 Corinthians 6. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 verse 14 to chapter 7, verse 1. The anointing sanctifies the believer. And the scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to chapter 7, verse 1. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord or what agreement has Christ with Belial or Satan or the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We have heard and learned that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus, are yes. And in Christ Jesus, they are amen. Talking about promises. And uh, the word of God is filled with promises. And we have been told, we have heard, read, that all the promises, when you are in Christ Jesus, they are yours. Others may read the promises but if they are not in Christ Jesus, these promises don't belong to them. They are not yes, and they are not amen to them. All the promises of God in him, in Christ Jesus, when we are in Christ Jesus, they are yours. They are yes, and they are amen. This evening, we have read about a few more promises. And chapter 7, verse 1 concludes by saying that, Therefore, therefore, having these promises, beloved, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness filthiness, abominations of the flesh and spirit. 
and going on to perfect holiness in the fear of God. You cannot perfect holiness in your life if you don't fear God. The fear of God is not the kind of fear that makes you run away from something or will make you run away from God. Fear of God here is by giving reverence to God, by worshiping God, by serving Him, by expecting to receive His promises and ultimately looking forward to his second coming, the second coming of Jesus. These constitute the fear of God. And when you have these things in your heart, you'll be careful, you'll be eager, you'll be anxious to perfect holiness in your life. Holiness in your life. That means cleansing yourself, getting rid, purging yourself, of every kind of filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Here again, great and mighty promises from God, which are yes and which are amen. And God is saying that we should not, as his children, First and foremost, we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, the Bible is careful to choose. God chooses his words carefully. He said, do not be unequally yoked together. Uh, it means that when a believer is yoked together or tied together with an unbeliever, there's inequality. The tying together, the being yoked together is not on equal basis. It is always, you know, in, in, to our disadvantage, to the believer's disadvantage. Church, know that. As a believer, when you get yourself yoked together with an unbeliever, it is to your disadvantage. It is never to the disadvantage of the unbeliever. It is never to your advantage. Never to your advantage. It is always to your disadvantage. I cannot go into more details than this. For example, for example, if you know somebody to be an unbeliever, and it is not difficult to find out. It is, in fact, very easy. It is obvious. It is clear who the believer is and who the unbeliever is. And you get yourself yoked together with this unbeliever, either in marriage or especially in things that are spiritual. Remember that you put yourself at a very serious disadvantage. And especially in covenants that are lifelong, it means that the rest of your life, the rest of your life, you are at a disadvantage. It affects you physically, affects you materially, financially, spiritually, and it may even take you to hell. You may even end up losing your salvation because of that unequal association, that unequal covenant that you enter into with an unbeliever. Therefore, the Bible gives a very solemn warning here. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then say, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? You are the righteousness. The unbeliever is the lawlessness. And what communion has light with darkness? You are the light. We are the lights of the world. What communion have we had like God with, it, with darkness? There's no relationship at all whatsoever. Communion between light and darkness. 
In the same way as Christ has no agreement, Christ has no accord, no covenant with Satan, with the devil, with the enemy. No. No relationship at all with the rebellion. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Beloved, these warnings have been sounded throughout the ages. They have been sounded throughout the ages. But because many of us manifest the principle of Balaam, there's something called the principle of Balaam. Because we want the thing, because we want it, sometimes we set aside the word of God in order to get what we want. We practice the principle of Balaam. When God said, do not go, he said, let me go and ask God again whether I should go or not. God said, go. And even when he was confronted by a, donkey, a talking donkey, he found himself arguing with the donkey. The fact that a donkey was talking to him didn't even surprise him. He was not shocked. He found himself in an argument with his own donkey. Though God, even God opened the eyes of the donkey to see an angel, when he, the prophet Balaam, the son of Baal, who could prophesy visions with the eyes open, that time could not see the angel. The donkey saw the angel. He couldn't see the angel. That's what we call the principle of Balaam. So, what, what has the believer got to do with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. We are the temple of the living God. Beloved, I think because we most of the time belittle ourselves. We belittle ourselves. As believers, we fail to see where we stand in the kingdom of God, in the eyes of God, in the presence of God. We fail to appreciate the things that God has given to us. Things that God has made available to us, which the majority of humankind never saw and will never see. You and I being the elect, being the elect, because, because God foreknew you, he foreknew you, he predestined, he pre-programmed that you should be conformed. You and I must be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Let me tell that again. God, knowing you beforehand, knowing me beforehand, by election, election means electing others and rejecting others. By election, elected you and programmed you, predestined you, pre programmed you, that you should be conformed, you should be, you should be changed into the image of his son, Jesus. Because, well, because Jesus must be, he must be the firstborn among many brethren. When he comes, Again, he must find many who are manifesting his image. Who have been living according to his image. And he being a firstborn will then take us with him to heaven. Because he must have many brethren with him in heaven. He cannot come on earth and find nobody qualified. Therefore, God, God knowing this, and being a sovereign God, purpose it in his, according to his own plan. Now, you and I must be among the elect. And this fact, clap for Jesus if you want to. And this fact seems to be lost on many of us. Therefore, we play around, we joke, 
we mess about with God, what God has planned, worked out, purpose, and given to us. He said, therefore, I will dwell in them. I will dwell in them. Promise which have been fulfilled. Everyone who believes in Jesus, everyone who is among the elect, has an anointing, have been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you as his temple. God promised that I will dwell in them. In you is God. As you go about wherever, whenever, with whomever, remember that you, in you, is God. I will dwell in them. And I will walk among them. So that when two or three gather in his name, in his name, he is there in their midst. Christ, God, is here in our midst. He walks in our midst. He dwells in us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. I was asking my wife, I don't know what I, somebody posted something to me, a woman somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in the world who had a vision. She had a vision. In the vision, she saw Christ coming again and things happening. And um, it's a white woman, a white lady, and she was recounting what she saw Christ coming again. She was crying, crying and crying and crying and crying. And I said, well, if I should have a vision and see Christ coming, I won't wake up crying. Would you wake up crying? I wake up very happy. <laughs> Hello? Uh, okay, her reaction, because she's a woman, very emotional, she was crying. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry because I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Hello? It's going to happen. So if God shows me that, God shows me what is going to happen, I know it's going to happen. I should be happy. I wake up laughing. Oh, you know, Christ is coming. Hey, coming. I'll be very, very happy. Church, wouldn't you be happy uh, if you had said yes? Then clap our two hands for Jesus. These are promises. So if we see that promises, promise coming to pass, we should be happy. And they will come to pass. And therefore, we ought to be happy. Clap your hand for Jesus. Therefore, Bible says in verse... 17. Therefore, come out from among them. Come out, beloved. <laughs> what you are talking about is not eating and drinking. Life is not just eating and drinking. The worship of God is not eating and drinking. A lot of times I sit or lie down and I begin to meditate on all the people that God has used since time began, since the time of creation, I begin from Adam, Eve, and all the rest. And I begin to appreciate how much they toiled, how much, what they endured, how they persevered against all odds, against every attack, against every hardship, Against all the tribulation, the persecution, challenges, how they endured and persevered. Therefore, the word of God says, God says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Life is not just finances, it's not just money. Life is not riches. Life is not food and drink. Life goes on forever. And where you spend that eternal life is what we're talking about. It's a very serious thing. Very serious thing. Praise the Lord. Life is not simply marriage or childbirth. So that marriage should take you to hell. Life is not just childbirth. So that childbirth or the lack of it to take you to hell. There's more to life than that. Of course, Jesus said, what therefore is the of the man if you gain the whole world? Get everything you need in this world. Gain the whole world. Anything that you desire, gain it. 
what shall all that profit you if you just lose your soul? If you lose your soul, what shall it profit you? Beloved, it is when the time of accountability comes, the time comes, accountability, weeping, gnashing of teeth. At my age, I've passed through a lot. I've seen a lot. I have passed through a lot and I've seen a lot. And when I was a very young man, when I was a young man, I remember as a young man, there was something that happened that was like judgment day. It was like judgment day. I think of it and I see it like judgment day. And what is that thing? And that thing was a time came when we were all, as a young man, we were many were at the at a crossroad. We had come to a very, very important landmark in our lives. And I'm talking about gaining admission into university. It's not like today. Not like today, where now everybody goes to university. Those days we only had three universities, Legon, Tech, and Cape Coast finished. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of applicants. Especially into medical school, there were thousands of applicants. But they could take only 50. 50. Out of all the thousands of applicants, there was only one medical school, Legon. And they could admit only 50 every year. And there were thousands. And when we went for the interview, Commonwealth Hall, Legon, were many. Though we have been shortlisted, we were still in our hundreds. And the interview started in the morning and finished at about 5 p.m. The whole day. Every one of us was interviewed. Now, at the end of it all, we were all assembled in the, in the, what the that outer court. All. And we all, stand, we didn't know each other. We all came from different places, different schools. So the person standing next to you didn't know him. He didn't know you. Those that didn't know them. Everyone was concerned about his own future. Everyone concerned with and about his or her own future. Because of all the hundreds or even thousands, they could take only 50. Imagine the tension. Imagine the anxiety. Imagine the trembling. And if your name was not mentioned, like the book of life, if your name was not found there, final. And they start from A, those whose names begin with A. And now they mention a name, when they mention your name, it means that you have been selected. When they go past your, 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 your if you are A, B, when they get to C and you are B, then you know that you have failed. That means you are going to hell. <laughs> I will never forget that day. I will never, never forget that day. And at that time, nothing mattered. Nothing mattered. There was nothing that was of interest except that. And so many and I remember there was this guy standing next to me. My name begins with E. And we got to B. And his name was mentioned. I didn't know his name. But when they mentioned that name, I didn't know that was his name. I just saw him jump as high as this ceiling, land next to me, and this guy ran. He ran from Conworth Hall. If you don't know, we know Legon. He ran from Conworth Hall almost to the main gate and back. That's how it should be. It will be on the day of judgment. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Because if, in spite of all these promises, and I thank God my name was mentioned. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
<laughs> when they go to E, they mention my name, and I, I was careful not to react. So nobody will say, hey, I, I took it coolly, but inside I was reacting joyfully. Praise the Lord. That's how, because in fact, I knew, I knew that I'd be selected. Because when I went to the interview, they, they were, they were, I had a chat with the, with the panel. So I knew, I'd be, you know, the same way that as a believer, you know you have been selected. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And may you know that you have been selected eternally. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, about having all these promises, therefore, having all these promises, beloved, let us therefore cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I'll not forget that they are come with all. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Come out from among them and be separate. That day, God will say, You did you though I put my anointing on you, though I anointed you, did you come out? Did you separate yourself? Did you not touch the unclean? Touch not the unclean. And I'll receive you. So now how you want me to receive you? When you've been touching the unclean. He says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. Just say amen. amen. The anointing sanctified the believer. And as you sit here and as I stand here, we are sanctified. Any individual or object set apart for divine use is said to be anointed. Any object or individual that is set apart for divine use, once you are anointed, you have been set apart, sanctified, but you are for divine use. Not just set apart and that's it. You are for divine use. Conversely, on the other hand, the anointed person, the anointed person is therefore automatically set apart for divine use. It may surprise you to know that the hundred percent truism, the truth in the word of God, is so true. It's so true that I don't know how to put it. Is it anything that is for divine use has an anointing? Even this this pole or pillar, whatever you call it. Now, it's supporting our roof. Otherwise, there'll be no roof. So, God is using this pillar to keep his temple, to keep this place open so we can come and worship him here. So, even this pillar is for divine use. And therefore, there is some kind of anointing. And I've also said, any object in the house of God is anointed. And therefore, can I tell the pillar? Even if I Therefore, I tell this pillar just to energize or rekindle the anointing. If I touch it, and I say, my, my son, you are macho. You are, you are strong. So I, uh, you, you touch, you know, you are stronger than me. Touch, touch that pillar. You just touch it. Anything, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody else wants to? Can we have a lady? A lady? Or two ladies? Or even three ladies? In the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus. Make sure there's an usher. In Jesus' name. And as God bless you. Well done, Lydia. Anything, whether an object, even if an object is anointed, how much more you as a son or a daughter or of God? How much more you as a son, a daughter of God? I will dwell within them or in them, and I walk among them. Dwell. 
God is dwelling in you. Therefore, come out. If Christ has no accord with Belial, light has no dealings with darkness. <laughs> uh, how can you, a son or daughter of God, in whom is the anointing, on whom is the anointing, have anything to do with the opposite side? And that's the reason why many of us we quench the spirit. We suppress the spirit. We do not allow the spirit to be seen in our lives as much as he, the spirit, is eager to do. God is anxious to be seen. His glory to be seen alive. But we keep on telling him to shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because, one, the principle of Balaam, Balaam's principle works in many of us works in many of us. Therefore, for the believer to be able to manifest the anointing in him or her, he must be made separate and be made used by God. Church, in the Old Testament days, in the OT days, as we know, only the king, the priest, and the prophet were anointed. Because one, because these were the only three individuals or offices that God used. Listen to this carefully. In the days of the Old Testament, we know that only the king, the priests, the prophets were anointed. Everybody else had no anointing. If they had to wash their clothes and wash them, say anything, you know, all rituals. Uh, if you do, they go and show yourself to the priest. Go and show yourself to the prophet all kinds of ritualistic uh, commandments because they had no anointing. Now, the priest was anointed because he was being made used by God. God, God, has, God was using him. The anointing was not just on the priest, but he was being used. He stood before God and before the people, took care of all the, 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 the sacrifices, prayed for the people. The priest was being made used. Of, so, the anointing was on him. The prophet was the mouth of God. God used the prophet. So, he was anointed. The king was the administrator of God. The king was the administrator of God. He got things done. So, he too was anointed. The rest of the people didn't have the anointing. God was not using them. So, they didn't need any anointing. But now, we are in a dispensation when God wants to use each and every one of us, if not by anything, I by your lifestyle, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your, glorify your Father who is in heaven. It may not mean going to preach at Abokobi or San Sam. It may not mean going to fast in the mountain or wilderness. But your lifestyle, your lifestyle. And then when you have a, a chance to witness to somebody who may have faith, that's how God wants to use you. Now when you are sent, when you are sent, do you go? When you have an office in the church, do you carry out your office with all your heart? When I say your office, your work, your work in the church. Do you carry out with all your heart? your soul, and your mind. And that's how you manifest the anointing. Now, King Saul, 1 Samuel, chapter 10, verses 1 to 8. Now, look at this. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 10. Samuel, who messed up? Samuel, who messed up? <laughs> look at how, he, how God began with him. How God began with Samuel. Sorry, with Saul, not Samuel. Saul, beg your pardon. Saul, who messed up? First Samuel 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, as on Saul's head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his 
inheritance. When you are now look at it, when you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin and Zelza. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you were to, where you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Worldly cares are over. Be anxious for nothing. The things that you care for have been taken care of because of the anointing. Church, say amen. amen. The things that you are worried about have been taken care of because of the anointing. Say another amen. amen. Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree of Tabor. There, three men going up to God. Everything now here is spiritual. Notice this. So when looking for donkeys, the donkeys were found. He saw one about them. Now, three men going up to God are better, will meet you. One carrying three young goats. Three young goats. Another carrying three loaves of bread. And another carrying a skin of wine. Bread, wine, and goats. Goats or oxen or lambs. Notice the, 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 the analogy here. Goats or oxen. Bread, wine. Remember Melchizedek? Okay. And they will greet you. They will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of, the hill of who? God. The hill of God. So from there, Saul is going from, from God to God, God to God, God to God. You cannot have the anointing on you. Then you are just going around, no God. No God. Things of God are of secondary importance to you. Things of God don't matter so much. Only things that don't matter, matter to you. Verse 5. And after you shall come to that hill of God where the Philistines, where the Philistines, Philistine garrison is. And it will be, it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a, with a string instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Look at where <laughs> Saul was turned to another man. Where the Philistines, the enemy's garrison, were there. <laughs> they are enemy. They are arch rivals. They are arch enemies. They are garrison. Now their, their military camp, Burma camp, was there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when Saul got there, no soldiers, not the garrison. You will find prophets prophesying with instruments, singing, anointing. And the Holy Spirit will come upon him and he will prophesy with them. So, see, once they anointed upon you, it doesn't matter where you are. If you meet God, goats, bread, wine, if you meet prophets, instruments, singing, glorifying God. The anointing shall always be rekindled. The anointing will always grow be, and will, will become bigger and bigger. doesn't matter where you are. Even when you are in the, in the presence of your enemy's garrison, you shall still manifest the anointing. Church, say amen to that. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, your, and that's how your enemies will flee from you. That's how they will flee from you. You will be turned into another man. And let it be Verse 7. When these signs come to you, and let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with what? With you. Is that in your Bibles? When these signs come to you, do as the occasion demands. Not what, what you want to do. What is demanded of you. What is demanded of you. That is what you have to do. Because God is with you. My daughter Lydia, God is with you. So you do as the occasion demands 
of you. Praise the Lord. You shall go down before me to Gilgal. And surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifice of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. Seven days. Seven days. Wait. Seven days. In fact of all this, go to Gilgal. Wait. Seven days. Just wait. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just wait. Look at Saul. He must have been a very busy person. He goes looking for donkeys because of the anointing. Now he has to go to Gilgal and wait for seven days for someone to come to show him what he must do. Church, may God show you what you must do with the anointing. I said, may God show you what you must do with the anointing. Michelle, can, may God show you what you must do with the anointing. Clap your two hands for Jesus. This is all. Now, David, 1 Samuel 16, 13. 1 Samuel 16, 13. 1 Samuel again to 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So David arose and went to Ramah. From that day, Spirit of the Lord was upon David. Solomon and Zadok, 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29. Verse 22. 1 Chronicles 29-22. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader and Zadok to be the priest, to be priest. Be priest. Now, the scriptures above tell us that we as believers are anointed with the Holy Spirit and therefore are set apart. We are set apart. You have been sanctified. You may not see it on your skin, but you have been set apart, sanctified. Being set apart, therefore means separation from things of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of this world. We are in this world, my son, my daughter. We are in the world, yes, we are in the world, but we are not of this world. When it comes to the things of God, I will put everything in the back seats. <laughs> Things of God take, take. I don't care. Because I've been set aside. I don't care whom I offend. Yesterday I told you about my friend's party. I don't care whom I offend. If I have to offend you because of funeral and for God, I'll offend you. Let it be. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be offended. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. You'll be offended. Hello? I'm happy. If I have to neglect or refuse anything for the sake of the things of God, I will gladly do so. Gladly do so. If you keep on after the anointing, if you keep on doing the same, the same things in the same way, the same things, the same way, then my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister, you must be joking. You might be joking. Now, my prayer that when the Lord comes, you will not, you will not say of you, depart from me, I never knew you. Because all the promises are yes in Christ Jesus and they are aimed. And yet, you refuse to accept God's promises. That is, that is a slap in the face of God. After all that he has done for you, you refuse. How can he say of you, Enter into your rest, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few, over a, over a little now. I'll give you charge over a lot. Being set apart means separation from things of the world, sin and idolatry. Sin and idolatry. And things offered to idols. Things offered to idols. Things offered to idols. 
I'm not going to go into more detail than that. Galatians chapter 5. Finally, Galatians chapter 5. 16 to 21, which you know already. This is just a reminder. Galatians 5, 16, 21. Galatians 5, 16, 21. Many years ago, I remember when we were in Bible school, because of the I one of the first scriptures I learned was Galatians 5. <laughs> Galatians 5. I learned it very, very fast, very early. And one day medic, in Bible school, a classmate came to me and said, oh, doctor, doctor uh, this thing about uh, the sins of the flesh, where can I find the Bible? Where can I find it? So Galatians 5 said, hey, where are you? How can you not know Galatians 5? <laughs> How can you forget Galatians 5? Galatians 5, 16 to 21. I said then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. They are opposed to one another. So that you do not do, so I do not do the thing that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Those who are the law are those who don't have the anointing. The law, they are, they are controlled by things of the world. They are controlled by the flesh. And when you have the anointing, you are not, not the, under the power of the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are sexual sins. Four of them, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Now, I'm telling my wife to read that rule. The way things are going now, when this generation and maybe the next generation have passed on, our generation and our children's generation as you have passed on, we, we, the world is going to end up, just believe it, it's going to end up like Sodom and Gomorrah. The way things are going now, if a U.S. vice president can come to Ghana, the whole United States of America vice president can come to Ghana and preach LGBTQ+, QRSTUVGPITU to us in Ghana. Then it doesn't take any stretch of your imagination to see how, where, the, where the world is heading. And very soon, very soon, what I'm beginning to feel, we, we preach that we're going, to, we're going to have to change our message. Now, our message is going to, after a while, the message will be to target the elect. But God said, if you are not shorting the time, even the elect, the elect will not have been saved. We shall, we, at time, very soon, we shall target our messages to the elect, not to, not to the, the world, because the world will not listen. They will not hear. They will not hear. They will not listen. So, we will target our messages, our sermons, our preachings, and our teachings to the elect. They are the ones who have been elected. Led by God. And I'll tell my mother, when our generation, maybe the next generation, maybe the later, next two generations have take, taken over, have gone, passed on, the world is going to take over. The world is going to take over. Therefore, take heed to yourself. Be very careful. The way things are going now, now they have kicked God out of schools, they have booted God out of schools. When we were in school, we used to learn Bible knowledge. Now they say what? Religious and what? Social studies. Is that right? Is that, is that what it is? Religious and what? And moral education. Religious, nothing like Bible or the word of God. Religious. Religious can be even uh, what? Religion can be what? Ancient mystic order of the Rosicrucians order. That is religion. So God has been kicked out booted out, excommunicated. They don't teach our children any, anything in school anymore. Your children, they don't teach them anymore. Even in Africa, here in Ghana, how much more Europe and America? It's out. The children, rather, are being taught woke. In America and Europe, they are teaching them transgender, they are teaching them 
to be lesbians, to be bisexual, homosexual. That's what they are teaching them now. And when you teach a child, train a child to go in that way, when he grows is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. Now, America, the Christians are fighting back. Half of Europe and the rest, the Christians are now quiet. They've been silenced. But America, the Christians are fighting back. But I promise you, eventually, their voices will be silenced. The world will take over. And that's how Christ is coming soon. Praise the Lord. And though it is painful, though it is, it is, it is hard, that's how Christ is going to come. That's what will make Christ come soon. That's how Sodom and Gomorrah, God rained hail and brimstone over them. Fire over them. We're going to see. We, we, are, we are beginning to see a repeat. We are, it's like a playback. Playback. Days of Noah. Days of Lot. We are seeing it again. And beloved, they are going to take over. They will take over. No matter what you do, because that's God knew it beforehand. God knew it. That's why He elected you and elected me. That we must show forth His glory. Therefore, come out from the world. Come out from among them. Don't join them. Be separate. Be separate. Sexual sins. Now, America and Europe, abortion. Abortion now determines election results. Oh, yes. Any governor who stands against abortion, you lose. The Democrats wants abortion even after birth. <laughs> when a baby has been born, a baby can be killed on the day of birth and it's still abortion. They want abortion even at nine months. Abortion. They have gone to court and argued the best they can have is say 15 weeks. After 15 weeks, no abortion. Even then, you can lose less for that. It means that any woman can kill her baby before six, 15 weeks. Just kill, 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 kill. Kill all the children. Then they open the borders for third world countries to come and populate America for them. When they are killing their babies, they want us to have babies here and for our children to go there. And be turned into LGBTQ, GPRTU, SYZ. That's what we are talking about. So the world is going to it's trending that way. That's where, that's where it's going to go. And that's why you and I must be very careful. We, we need to know. If you are the Spirit of God in you, the anointing in you, know these things. I saw the um, Ogwa Festival. Do you see the Ogwa Festival? I think they had it. They finished, eh? They haven't had it. September. And they are erecting... Uh, uh, they are erecting... Uh, this was last year. This was last year. Last year, Ugra Festival, there was a stand for LGBTQ+. Yes, they had a stand. Where did the money come from? Money came from abroad. Somebody financing them. Money pouring into Ghana. To support LGBTQ plus QRST GPRTU SYZ. They had a big a stand that no one can afford in Ghana. We are not they had a very big stand. Money coming in. That's why we need to, to treasure, value what we have in Christ Jesus. And I I I I fear for two or three generations of this. They are going to be under severe attack when we are passed on. Our children are going to be under very severe attack by the enemy. And that's why we need to train them up in the way they should go. So when they are old, they will not, never depart from it. I mean, when they want to cut off their heads, they know we will never depart from it. That's why you must always be in church with your children. Let your children know what is going on. Are you with me in church? Clap your two hands for Jesus. So sexual sins now widespread. I hear recently there was a parade in London. 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 Parade of uh, what? 
of LGBTQ, you can add the rest. And when they were riding bicycles, eh, they were riding a whole lot of them, a parade. Hundreds or thousands riding bicycles, completely naked. In London, completely naked, nothing at all on. I'm going to say, completely naked. In, on the high streets of London, where you want to go to, where you want to pay money, you get visa to go to. When you get the first thing you see at Heathrow is people riding by naked. You have to run back to Ghana. What is the world coming to? Everything is happening against the word of God. The world has, has launched a great blitzkrieg. This one is what we call a blitzkrieg. Mighty attack against God and his kingdom. But they are going to fail. He who sits on high will just, he's just laughing at them. Praise the Lord. He's just laughing at them because he knows their end is destruction. <laughs> he knows it, but they don't know. But we have to make sure those who are elect do not fall with them because of the anointing. Just say amen. Hello? Sexual sins. Then we come to... Um, what? Sins of worship, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, abuse of wrath, they are all there. Envy, murders, murders includes abortions, drunkenness, reveries, and the lives of each of you. I tell you beforehand, first I'm telling you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past that those who practice certain things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, drugs. Drugs are pouring into America and Europe. Drugs. Now they say there's a drug called fentanyl. Fentanyl is a drug we use in theater. It's, a, it's, a, it's an anesthetic drug. You give a small dose, the patient goes to sleep, and then you continue. We used to use it to induce anesthesia. Fentanyl. Now, I hear now even children toffees. Toffees. Fentanyl. When you buy toffee for your child, you do know why high. Your little child. <laughs> By eating that toffee. You, you understand. <laughs> we see stars. <laughs> I had an uncle who was a drunkard. And every time he got drunk, children would carry him home. Little children would carry him home. He was a very small man. And when they are carrying him in his closet, clothes will sweep in the ground. Carry and then he would say, he thought he was in Boeing 777 flying to London. Children carrying him home from the gutter home. And you come, come and dump him on the friend and go away. Children. And he's very happy. And ask yourself, why is, why, why is drugs pouring into Europe and America? Why? Because the market is there. The market is there. If nobody bought it, nobody used it, nobody, nobody will send it there to sell it. They will stop sending it there. But because the market is there, the demand is there. So the supply goes in. Goes in. Supply. Supply and demand. You can't even get it to buy. So the whole Western world and other you see, the, the, the East, who control drugs, they don't believe in God. Look at this. They don't believe in God. Russia, China, uh, Middle East, they don't believe in God. Not our God anyway. But those that believe in God, they are being poisoned. Being poisoned with drugs, alcohol, sex, Illuminati, all kinds of secret societies. They've taken over those places. Taking over. Therefore, the drugs are pouring. They're coming from Mexico, from wherever. Now even some are coming in from Canada into America, Europe, drugs. Why? Because people, when they cocaine, it's like powder. They sniff it. Sniffing in the Why? So, what is the future for the world? 
these things going on. There's no glory in God except in the church. No glory. And that's why God has put his anointing upon you. And God therefore expects you that you value the anointing, use the anointing the way he wants you to use it. Yourself, we'll talk about it. How the anointing can be used tomorrow or night. A church, the anointing separates, sanctifies the believer from the world. And if you don't separate yourself, sanctify yourself, your anointing will not manifest. Same crowd, same language, same behavior, same lifestyle, everything the same, and you expect to see the anointing. No, no sin, no madam. But may the anointing set you apart. In Christ Jesus, amen.